Hello and welcome to Tech Recruiting Podcast. Together, we are exploring the vast world of recruiting in the IT area. We are discussing candidate experience, evaluating recruitment strategies, and sharing best practices with recruiting experts and HR leaders from all over the world. Join us in our journey to imagine the future of recruitment and change the way how companies attract tech talent forever. Hello and warm welcome to the Tech Recruiting Podcast. Our guest today is Ivan Burazin from uh, InfoBip. Chief Developer Experience Officer from the first Croatian unicorn, and your host today is Adnan Pavlovic from the We Are Developers. Uh, welcome, Ivan. It's my great pleasure to talk to you, to have you as a guest in our podcast series. And uh, during the World Congress here in Berlin, it was a hectic day, and a lot of a uh, lot of lot of people there, and um, all the stages are exploding with crowds and great knowledge and uh, chances to, for the networking, of course. But um, for those who don't know who you are, and besides that, you will have uh, your talk today later on. Uh, I would like to uh, ask you to give us a few leads about the InfoBip, about your position, and of course about your previous background as well. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, the conference is great, as you said. Like all the stages are booming. Like uh, you're missing some chairs, so people are standing. So it's actually really, really great. Uh, especially as someone that's been doing conferences for a long time, it's nice to come to someone else's conference and not be in the stress that you guys are right now. Um, so, in short, background. Uh, my name is Ivan Burazin. Uh, I am the founder of the Shift Developer Conference, which. Infobip acquired a year and a half ago, but also co-founded Code Anywhere, which is um, a cloud platforming uh, application. So basically, offering remote development environments for software developers. Um, but the reason why, getting back to Infobip, uh, Infobip acquired Shift or a conference is because they wanted to expand their reach towards developers and created this new department called Developer Experience. For those of you who don't know InfoBip, InfoBip is a cloud communications provider. Basically, um, InfoBip offers one API for all communications needs. So one API to send an SMS, to make a voice call, email, RCS, whatever, any channel you need, uh, InfoBip offers. Um, just to put that into context, that is uh, when a Uber driver calls you, when they make the call, that's via InfoBip's API, or when a bank sends you a 2FA message, that's um, InfoBip's API. InfoBip has 3,600 employees currently, maybe a few more, in 74 offices around the world and bootstrapped to a unicorn status. So yeah, that's InfoBip. Today, we want to talk about the, the DevRel, your department. And um, as, as we said numerous times, we are developers, spend a lot of time talking about the importance of learning to speak the dev's language. And uh, that's especially important for all those who are uh, HR leaders and tech recruiters these days, as they are quite struggling to attract developers and uh, more or less everybody is getting to, to figure that out on its own and uh, through their own narrative. Now it's the thing how you attract them. So InfoBib formed a, basically a standalone department that you are running now. And uh, I would like you to give us a little bit more about the main activities conducted under, under your supervision. What are your plans, highlights for the year and the whole structure of your team? Because that would be a useful knowledge for all these companies and startups who are struggling at the moment and are thinking about the establishing the same thing. Sure, absolutely. So um, just to give context, uh, when you're 
when we talk about developer relations and or developer experience, mostly we're talking about uh, the experience of attracting developers as users or customers versus uh, addressing developers as uh, employees. But it also helps for uh, acquiring and retaining talent as well. So sort of just to explain, um, Infobip was always a business to business company. So top-down sales funnel where you have like a huge sales team that would go out, call other VP of engineering or, or partnerships, whatever, um, sign a contract for the sale, let's call it, of like voice, SMS, whatever it was. And then that manager in the client's company, for example, Uber, would then push that down to the developer in the company and say, oh, we signed a contract with this company, now you have to incorporate it. Versus what we're trying to do um, in other companies um, that have been developer first, where they're sort of bottom-up strategy, where the strategy is first go out and, you know, talk to developers, meet developers, and have that end user use your service and then push it upwards into the company. So you have um, companies like GitLab, which will be speaking with me on stage, obviously is a developer-first company because developers use that. You have Stripe, which is a very, one of the best developer sort of experiences created. Stripe does that. So it's like, in that sense, it's end user first. We call that business to developer um, because you usually have business to business and business to consumer. Uh, but in the general consumer sense, that's like me and you buying, you know, a T-shirt, a hoodie, and people purchase things for motions rather than actual use cases. Business to consumer is, is when we're talking about this, it overlaps with that. But developers, when they're seeking to use something or buy something um, as a service, it's more... Um, it's more usage-based in the, in the sense that it solves a need for them. So it's not an emotional thing. Like you're not going to pick a, you know, a data analytics provider because of the emotion connected to them. Maybe a little bit, that's what we're at the conference, but generally, it's, does it prove value to that person? So Infobip wanted to attract that bottom-up uh, sort of approach. Um, if we look at the competitors in the landscape for communications, um, the competitors generate anywhere from 40 to 45% of their revenue from bottom up. Um, and Infobip had very, basically very little in that sector before now. So that's where my team comes in and is like, how can we now get the awareness of developers because they don't know about us and how are they gonna use us? And it's really interesting to be in a company that's sales led to become sort of product led and sort of go out and talk to these developers because you're changing the entire paradigm of the company and the way they're thinking about selling because when you're talking to developers you're not selling per se you're creating awareness you're engaging with them and you're creating community around them which you're doing here at the conference as well versus going out finding leads and then you know following up and having a, uh, a meeting and trying to sell them something so that's a large difference there basically uh, now like chasing leads and uh, then just doing the follow-ups ain't gonna work anymore and uh, uh, for us and for our audience it's it's very important to, to listen to them and then to provide the content that they are asking and this year for example the world congress in terms of agenda it's completely redesigned and uh, more or less uh, what we hear on our internal buzzfeed uh, we basically uh, put together into agenda packed it up and uh, produced a congress so um, maybe if you can give us a little bit more um, like a tips and tricks how to do that how to uh, get closer to them and to make it uh, like to imprint the impression of your company like infobip into their mindsets and then later on they can recall so a long time ago with coding where i was part of one of the accelerators called techstars and techstars has this um, slogan which says give first um, so it's almost like you have to act altruistically 
um, to um, to actually get that back later. And I've actually, through all the teams, and you asked this me before, and I didn't get into the hierarchy of our teams, and I get into that, into the developer experience, how it's set up. But in all my teams, I try to emphasize this give first. So for example, if you're making a conference, which we do as well, very similar to yours, although it is under the flag of InfoBib, we try to listen to the to the people attending and we want it to be vendor agnostic and theme agnostic to have what developers want. So when you do a conference, you want to offer talks that developers want to hear, not hear about your product or your service. You want to give them something they want to hear. Uh, when we do developer meetups, we're doing a series of meetups across the United States of America right now. And the idea is not to sell it, oh, this is an InfoBib meetup. It's not. It's an API meetup. And we bring in people from, we brought in competitors to talk. We brought in people from Zoom to talk. We brought in, like, we want to bring everyone from this interest or that subset of interest to be able to come. And that people that are going to come at that meetup say, oh, InfoBib created this meetup, but, like, you're not selling them. And the reason you're doing that is because for the most part, you can't, for the most part, you can't sell directly to the developer, oh, here it is and use it today. For the most part, there are use cases. But very often, they're going to need your service in a year, two years, five years, 10 years. And then they remember you because you were the person or you were the company that offered a great experience. You helped them meet someone. You helped them land a job. You helped them solve a problem. And when we're talking about our, our DevRel team, when they're um, online on Twitter or Stack Overflow or whatever, the mandate is not to sell info, but the mandate is to help a developer. So if you can, that's why I say give first. If if our team can be known as a team that helps other developers in the problem that they have, not necessarily connected to what we're offering, I believe that that is how you create general um, awareness and what the word would be, uh, liking of your brand and your company. And then later on, when they need that service, they're going to pick you. Because when I was a startup and when I was looking at other companies, I remember companies that gave me credits as a startup or that helped me out or that had a good event or whatever. And then when I had to pick one, I don't know the brands, but I knew this one and they were really cool. And I know the guy named, you know, John, Peter, Anna, whoever it was at the event and like call them up and I send them an email. It's like, oh, I need your service right now. And then you go and use that. And that's how I believe it is the only way to create the only the best way to create sort of an actual connection with the developer, because it's just like any relationships between you and me. Like I have to give something first to you to actually you give to me. I believe that anyway. And I remember when I first met Sad, like it was like, like we had two of us had developer conferences in very close geographical positions, but like, it's great. Like if I can, you know, give you an advice or help you or whatever. And it's been ever since we've met, it's been, um, a relationship of like helping each other out, which I think is great. And you, and you don't start that by saying, Hey, I sell this. And like, do you want to buy it? It's the other way around. It's like, here's this and I can help you. And it's hard to sort of get companies to think in that matter because it takes a long time to get that actual return of investment, if we can call it. Hmm. You, you mentioned a very interesting thing. You said basically that creating a helping hand mm -hmm. and that bring us to something uh, that has had a big echo inside the community. Even I was reading a lot of about it. And that was the uh, engineering handbook that InfoBib created and the curiosity for it. It's an open document. It can be accessed by anyone else uh, from uh, outside the organization. And it was written uh, for uh, developers correct me if i'm wrong 80 plus teams basically tech teams who are being like synced and aligned through the document so just 
give us the, the, the general idea of this piece and also why did you do that? I mean, like a company. Sure. So the company did it, it was work together with, I believe, the engineering team, the HR, the POP team, as we call them, people operations, and also assistance from Netokratia, which is a media company down there. So they worked together for a long time to get that done. I mean, a lot of companies um, that are very open and transparent, which seems to be the way to go today, um, are doing this. So GitLab is extremely transparent. For example, I mentioned them twice or twice already. Um, so they not only have an engineering handbook, but they also have like salaries and grades and everything's full transparency, which I believe um, to your comments is also sort of helping the developer in the sense of hiring them because they know what to expect. They know the job, the corporate ladder, what they need to do, whatever. And it gives you sort of a feel as someone trying to enter the company, what is expected of them. I mean, there's even an initiative inside of uh, developer experience, a very new department, and so we don't have our own. And so developer experience also wants to do that, but we're, are, we're still with roles, we're still a bit messy. And we can get into that later. So we hopefully get to that level where InfoBips Engineering is right now to have that sort of transparency and outward showing what the company looks like inside. Yeah, in that context, uh, today we released our Wanted to Misunderstood developer survey that we made in April this year. And uh, the results brought to our attention something that is really there and present, but we didn't take care of it. So the great resignation, we always say it's like related to the United States and that market because where, that's where the original data came. And we did it in, inside the DAH region. And basically the results say that for survey participants, they are considering to change the job or to think about another job if there is a good opportunity. And uh, Great Resignation is inside that region, of course, in Europe as well. We can say it like that. So, so maybe the, the engineering handbook is one of the tools how to retain your current employees as well. What do you think? Yeah, I d definitely all of that helps. I'm a strong believer of this word is very misused. Um, of the sense of culture, that might be the wrong one, but it's sort of so Infobip. You can see this even on LinkedIn of like of their of the sector or the CPaaS communication platform of the service. I think the um, the rate of people leaving or the longevity in the company is the longest uh, of of most, and I think they've done that very well. And I've done that previously with Shift and with Code Anywhere. I mean, we have people that's been that have been there for ten years that have been with us. And Infobip also, you have people. There's a set of people that have been there for a long, long time, and they're probably not going to leave. We don't see um, that happening. Um, but where we see um, people churning or changing often is especially in the last two or three years. Um, and I've found that uh, one of the part of that is that sort of connection to the company and the goal of the company. Because I find that, I mean, people stay longer when it's more of a calling versus a job. And I'm getting a little extreme here. I'm not saying that, you know, if you're a software engineer, you have a calling in a sense, but you sort of feel attached to the entire mission and vision of the company and you want to be part of something versus when, you know, you just come to take a paycheck and those are sort of, sort of different things. Nothing is wrong, but they're actually absolutely different. Um, and in the last sort of two, three years, there was less connection. And I'm not anti work from home and work from anywhere. I mean, my teams, one of my teams is completely remote. Like there's six people in six countries. They're all over the place. But you do, I do feel that if you meet them in person every so often, you get that deeper connection for each other. And it's easier to articulate that like joint mission going forward. So 
obviously having all these things like an engineering handbook and having transparency all the way helps a lot. There's a lot of things that we don't have done perfectly in InfoBib that will hopefully change um, because obviously anything that is bad can build up over time and then people can leave. But I think there's there's two sides to that. So obviously these are fundamental things which I believe should be done. But I also think that this part of creating that connection between the people and that's why we actually still come to events. If you remember two years ago, uh, people were like, oh, conferences are over. It's all going to be virtual. You have multi-billion dollar startups to say end of conferences. We're back like Corona officially ended two months ago. I have not been home in three months. Conferences are packed and people want that connection. So yes, remote, yes, hybrid, yes, everything, but also having that connection of people, um, I think goes a long way for actual retention uh, of your employees. You mentioned the, the, the transparency and the importance of it, and that's a whole another topic for next, maybe a podcast session with you. Uh, but unfortunately, we are almost out of time for this session. And I would like to thank you for your time and um, for everything that you're doing in terms of uh, helping devs to find their way and inside, the, of course, your organization. But I think that InfoBip and the network that you create has also an echo to the whole community in a, in a great direction and inspires all of us. And I want to ask you to provide us with the ways how to reach you because probably someone from our podcast audience would like to do that later on and just give us the way how we can find you in the easiest way. Sure. Uh, sorry, before we let off, absolutely. I believe that something happening in sort of Central Eastern Europe where Croatia sits and where we are. Infobip is the first unicorn, but the second one is Rimac Automobili, which is the hypercar um, company. I believe they spoke at the conference a couple of times, the founder here and there. So these two unicorns, I mean, this is something that's never happened in a, like a country that's 3.8 million people now. And I certainly believe that when a liquidation event, be it an IPO for the companies, a sale or whatever happens, that that will be sort of the inflection point. And I've written about this If we all know the story about Estonia and Skype, when Skype was sold, the, the Skype mafia and everyone sort of created startups. That was like one startup. We have two and I, there's two or three more on their way to becoming. And when that sort of all happens, the amount of people that will be one interested to get into that sort of tech space, developer space, and two, the actual capital that will be created from all that, I think is going to be something, I think will fundamentally change how people live in uh that part of the world. And yeah, so I'm happy to talk about developer relations, developer experience, you know, tech in general and its effects on the ecosystems. And like Twitter is probably the best. So at Ivan Burazin, so I-V-A-N-B-U-R-A-Z-I-N. Um, and Twitter, I'll answer in LinkedIn, whatever. Um, I'm always available. So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you and uh, see you soon again. Bye-bye.